First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springston of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582-CLUE, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at aol.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, home of EdSpringston.com. You can go for all the latest stories, podcasts, whatever we've got going. While you're at EdSpringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or monthly basis, your choice. Secondly, please join the RSS feed. Yes, tens of thousands of you guys get the podcast delivered direct to you, so why don't the rest of you? And finally, donate to donate to donate. We have a handy-dandy donate button at edsprings.com. kind of helps us keep everything going, so if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. In the meantime, call-in number is always 858-683-1326. And for those of you in the listening queue, Please hit the number one on your dial pad. We'll get you back on there as soon as possible. And the live chat is now open as well. I can also be reached on Facebook through Instant Messenger at Ed Springston. So plenty of ways for you to talk to us during the show. Um, Mr. Martin was here a second ago. Uh, Looks like he got lost somehow. I guess we'll find out what's up here in a few minutes, so... Uh, a lot of things going on. Um, I tell you, one of the biggest discussions going on, and we'll get to the retirement pension and taxes and all that, but one of the things I'm really curious to, to hear some opinions about, folks, and i tell you what it is. This concealed carry with no permit law that just passed in Kentucky, uh, the House and Senate passed a bill 
so you can conceal carry now in Kentucky without a permit. In other words, you can carry anytime, anywhere, whether it can be seen or unseen. Now, we've been talking about that a little bit over the last week or two. Nobody was really sure if it was going to pass, but now it has. I'm curious. We have all these concealed carry permit holders, and, you know, the police and everybody else are sitting out here trying to act like this is the worst thing in the world. I totally disagree with them. I actually like this idea in Kentucky. Um, You know, personally, I don't see a problem with it. Um, And here's why. The criminals are carrying concealed carry. The people who are doing the shootings and everything else that are out killing people every day are carrying concealed carry. You know, none of them have legal guns. Um, Most of the gun shootings individually are done with illegal guns guns that were stolen or whatever, bought on the street from, from people. You know, so why not have a level playing field? Now, this will create some problems um, for other states, and here's why I say that, because there are people here who, you know, think because Kentucky, they will be dumb enough to believe this, who think that because Kentucky went with a permitless concealed carry, that the reciprocal states will automatically honor that because there's reciprocal states, right? They're not going to. You're not going to go to Indiana, Tennessee, Illinois, Ohio, or any of the surrounding states or any of the other 26 states that have reciprocal carry. I think it's 26. It might be more or less. Give me one or two either way. I haven't looked lately. Um, You know, they're not going to let you conceal carry in their state without a permit. So for those who are still doing the, the gun safety training courses that are required for concealed permit and all of that stuff, um, they're still going to have business. They're not going to lose business over this. At least I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess we'll find out. Um, but I tell you, it's a very, very interesting thing. I do believe that you know we will see a fight over this. You know, once Governor Bevin signs it into law, I'm, I'm waiting to see somebody try to sue him um, over this. You know, probably Andy Bashir. That's all he does is sue the governor over everything because he can't do his job correctly and, and do his real job. So probably Andy Bashir or some moron like that will try to sue and take it to the federal court, Supreme Court, and we will win that. And then the Second Amendment will finally be recognized and we won't be able to play this game no more. Um, for those on for those who, who really don't know or who think I'm crazy, I might be crazy because I also think that federal law should be a permitless concealed carry. I think there should be a federal concealed carry. I've got no problem with that. The crooks and the criminals have it. There's a hell of a lot of them out there. We're having shootings everywhere around us here at home in the Olive Garden itself. Uh, Myers parking lot, these shootings go on every single day. Somebody gets pissed, they pull a gun and shoot. But why shouldn't I have the right to shoot back? Because I don't have a piece of paper. My guns are legal, but because I don't have a piece of paper, I can't pull, I, I can't carry it with me and shoot back. They don't have a piece of paper, but who cares, right? So they get to threaten my life and all of that good stuff. So I've got no problem with that. I am curious to see what you guys think. There's a bunch of you guys in the queue already. Uh, hit that number one, and I'll get you on there, you know, or sit back and listen. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's your choice. But I like that idea. I really, really do. And, and I think it's something I'm going to be very, very happy with. 
because this this is going to be great for Kentucky, I think, as far as our personal safety is concerned, not having to have a permit. But again, it's not really going to affect a whole lot of people who are trying to to carry concealed anyway, because they're going to want that permit to take to the surrounding states and, and, and the uh, reciprocal states. Ed Martin, how are you? Yeah. Hey, well, I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I had to jump off there. My daughter had a I, I saw. steering wheel. I that saw. Was it was, yeah, the steering wheel was locked on her car, so she's like <laughs> trying to walk around right. how to get it unlocked. And it's not very good. So I might have to jump it. I might have to jump again. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I understand. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm torn on that that law. I mean, I I uh, you know it's I I'm one with having kids and you know maybe someday have grandkids. Who knows? I I kind of like the idea that you know in order to go around concealed, you have to it's kind of like a driver's license. You have to do it. But I also get the constitutional argument and Second Amendment. Uh, at what point right. is forcing somebody to go through a course and get certified, that's a form of infringement. I'll acknowledge that. A couple other arguments I've seen lately, like, well, not like like the criminals are (laughs) abiding by it anyway. Well, I mean, that's... You know, I I don't... That's one of... This is one of those laws that they're going to pass. I see both sides of it. I hope for the best, you know, because let's face it, we all know there's a bunch of idiots out there who, you know, wouldn't wouldn't put the time in, probably because they're afraid they wouldn't be able to pass the test, which I've seen the test is pretty easy. Yeah, wouldn't be able to pass the test, but now they can uh, can get them a holster and and holster up on their leg wherever they want. And I do I do have some trepidation about stupid, reckless people. Holstering up, you know, the only thing that's keeping them from doing it right now is because it's illegal. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't tuck one well, in your coat. So, yeah, I don't know about all um, that. You know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. You know, the people that are saying, "Oh, it's going to be the Wild West." I'm hoping that a whippy shooter, you know, like this, mm-hmm. uh, this piece of garbage at the, uh, at the Olive Garden, a hate crime guy. Oh, by the way, I'm glad they're pursuing the you know, family wants hate crime charges. But uh, you know, a guy like that might think twice. Yeah, if there's a uh, if there's a a broad concealed carry and anybody and everybody right. could have it, you, the criminal element might of all of all the elements, they might have to do a lot of second thinking about second guessing about their next move because yeah, at this point, and as I said, I'm not entirely in favor of it, <clears throat> but I'll mm-hmm. also be 100% honest with you. If it's legal, I'll probably have our friend Michael P. W. Lewis make me a couple holsters that'll, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll conceal. <laughs> you know. Well, I tell you, you know. I, well, you know, and here, and here's the thing. I mean, you know, you're talking about the idiots, you know, having the guns and not knowing what they're doing. I mean, of course, we just saw a story the other day about some idiot shot himself in his own crotch. Uh, but hello. the moron put his gut. I'm here. You there? Yeah, no, I'm saying that. Hello, you shoot yourself. Oh, in the I'm front. sorry. Hello. Well, here's the way to, you never know with this program, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, but but the idiot tries to he puts his gun in the front waistband of his pants. No holster, no nothing. Uh, it starts slipping through his pants, so he reaches 
inside, pulls the trigger, and shoots his own crotch. Now, you know, that's just idiocy. That's what holsters are for. Uh, you know, you see the gangsters and shit on TV and stuff. It's not the same thing, folks. Those are the movies. You know, and, it, and so you're talking about the people like that. One too many, one too many Western movies with the gun in your crotch, man. It's not the way it works, you know. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. You know, and and one of the biggest arguments, one of the biggest arguments I hear about this is, you know, well, you're, you don't have any safety training or nothing unless you go get a concealed carry permit. We're but we've been buying guns our whole entire career without a concealed carry permit, right? Uh, you know, so and this isn't anything new. You don't have to have a safety training course or anything else to buy a gun. You just have to have a clean record and things like that, you know, and obviously the money to pay for it. So this yeah, is not a And you don't need training to strap one to your leg and walk with it out in the open. Absolutely. So you're not going to stop stupid. What this does to me is I think it gives everyone a little bit of a safety edge. Uh, the law abiding people are going to have a little bit of an edge in, 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 in an illegal, unlawful, you know, gun situation. They're going to be able to sit out there and defend themselves in a situation they normally wouldn't have a weapon available because they didn't have it with, you know, they, they weren't allowed to carry it because they didn't have a class. Now, I will say this, and I think I said the same thing last week. I don't remember what we talked about last week, uh, word for word, but, you know, I do think that when you purchase a weapon, you know, that you should be required to go through a gun safety course. Yep. It's only a five or six hour course. I've got no problem with that. I think I think that, that that makes us all better off, right? Six-hour course is not going to harm you. Uh, it's not going to keep you from protecting yourself for more than six hours. I mean, seriously, come on. You know, so, you know, the concealed carry classes, that's essentially what they are. They're a gun safety course, and then you have to go shoot the gun and qualify. You have to shoot, I think it's 21 feet, 7 yards, uh, 20 shots, and I think you have to hit the target, hit the target being a key word here, you know, like 16 or 17 times out of 20. It's not hard to do, you know, but, no. but, I, but I don't see a problem with having a mandatory safety course for that type of situation. Um, well, you know, to, be that honest, think, to be honest, I think, I think, and, and this will probably rile some people, but I wouldn't be terribly opposed to, let's say, you got to be 18 to buy a gun. That's, that's fair. Uh, you're probably mm-hmm. going to have a driver's license. So this goes right along with with everything else. I, I think if, if you want to buy a gun, and, and, the, and the gripe that the libertarians have always had about things like this is that, oh, you know, once you apply for, you know, once you do the background check, it's like, what happens to the background check? The cover, oh, the government destroys it. Oh, bullshit. You know, I think, <laughs> I think the state, I think the state <laughs> should issue, I think the state should issue just, and, and it doesn't have to be fancy. Just a little laminated card with your name on it, you know, maybe, you know, they should make a print photo ID, so cheap. You've passed the course. It's a card. Sure, it could be forged or whatever, but why bother? You know, and I think they should they should come up with a card, and when you want to buy a gun, you, you've got a card. Just like your Sam's Club or your, or your Costco card, it's just like, look, and there's no hard official record of it. You pass a course, they laminate your card right there on the spot. No fancy computer shit going on if you're worried about the government knowing. 
going forward, they don't need to know what you purchased, how you purchased it, or anything. But but you should probably – I wouldn't oppose people having to flash a card that basically says, I'm not a fucking moron. The problem, you know, well, problem I've got with that – I mean, You can sell me a gun. <laughs> as it stands right now, well, see, I, I, that, that to me – would be problematic. I mean, that to me would basically be gun registration. Yeah, you may ha- you, you may only have a card, not a particular serial number on a gun that you purchased. But anytime, but anytime, you know, you once you get that card, you are now you know registered, uh, if you will, as a gun owner. You know, uh, assuming that the feds are doing their job, I mean, you both know they're not. But the law does say that they can't. But the law does say that they can't keep these records. So they yeah. can they can they've got they've got plausible deniability with that law that they are not using this as some sort of a gun registration deal. I mean, remember they register guns around the world. Germany's great at that shit, and look what happened. Um, yeah. You know, you register them, then oh, they go back, confiscate well, back, them. Trying to do that the now. So, they're, they're, and I, you know, when I hear people get worried about gun confiscation and stuff, like I don't worry about it because most cops own guns anyway. Most military are brought up around guns. So when you mm-hmm. ask them to do that, you're asking them to basically kick the door into their aunt's house. Uh, don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, the uh, the thing is, is there are very few ghost guns out there, actually. You know, you buy them with a credit card. You bought them at the gun store. They did their instant background. They, they kind of know. <laughs> you know. Of course, of course. But they've got plausible deniability right my now. Gosh, my, yeah, my gosh, you could charge something on your credit card, and all of a sudden this shit shows up on your email. It's like, holy crap. They're, yeah, they know oh, yeah. They know what you well, do. shop so online. I much about yeah. Yeah. Buy something online. Next thing you know, time. it's all yeah. over your Facebook page, right? Oh, you know, yeah. I get all that. I like yeah. Oh, emails, yeah. And they tell me, you know, like, you have this. You spend half your day on a given day <laughs> clicking, you know, cancel this email. Right. Cancel, I don't want to receive these anymore. Stop right. it, stop it, stop it, you know. But, oh, absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, th- I think some training should be, should, should, I would feel more comfortable with it. I understand completely mm-hmm. why somebody taking a hard constitutional line says absolutely not. You know, you, you don't get training right. for free speech. You don't get training for, for any of it. These are, these are, you're given rights; they exist. So, I get that too. I just, on a personal note, you know, I've if one of my daughters came to me and said, "Dad, I'm going to buy a gun," it says, "Not until we rehash everything at the gun range, you're not." You know, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, well, I mean, that's it. That's I, you it. Know, you know, but that's me. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a parent who gives a shit. So, yeah. But, right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I've I, taken I, still I carry class. You know, I've taken a concealed carry class. <laughs> oh, I have. I've taken a concealed carry class and all that good stuff. So I've been through all of that. And, you know, it really, truly is very easy to do. But, you know, they focus so much of that time on gun safety. You know, a lot of people think, you know, you're, you're taking a concealed carry class just so, you can, so you're going to walk out like Wyatt or carry this gun concealed and just shoot everybody. Yeah. No, the concealed carry class teaches you a hell of a lot more than that. I think the cops are dead wrong in this, uh, especially the Kentucky State Police. You know, this is going to make our job so much tougher, you know, and everything else. That's bullshit. Every time you pull a car over, you damn well better assume they have a gun because that's the way it is today. So that's not going to make your job any better, any worse than it is right now. Uh, You know, about the only thing it might do is make the investigation a little bit tougher if there is a shooting somewhere because, you know, somebody that was carrying legally, 
shot a crook when they tried to rob a restaurant and shoot somebody, you know. Um, but that kind of stuff, yeah, the investigation might be just a hair harder, but it's not a big deal to me, you know. We've got a lot of other things going yeah, on and, in the states, too. Yeah, and, and as you said, that's one of the things. Like I say, when it comes to the police and stuff, I I took quite a few police courses when I was in college, uh, you know, and you, you've got to know how to de-escalate the situation. And concealed carry courses are good for that, you know. It's like, look, you get pulled over, you tell the cop, look, I've got a gun on me. I've also got both hands on the steering wheel. I'll ease my ass out right. of the car and you can take it out of the holster. A lot of people don't know to do that, you know. They just right. pull the cops and shit. And all of a sudden the cop looks down and goes, holy hell, you've got a, you've got a gun, so. Right. Yep. Okay. You know, I got a couple for a second. I think I think my daughter oh, locked up cars. Okay. I'll be back. All right. You're fine. Uh, you know, so, so we got to look at this stuff, folks. And uh, you know, I personally have no problem with that. Um, you know, I do have a problem with the whole gun registration and and ID card that's carried with it because that will require having a log to verify who has ID cards. Uh, you know, so those things are bothersome for me. So I, I don't like that idea, Martin's. But I have no problem with, with being able to carry concealed without a without a permit in the state of Kentucky. Now, I most certainly would have a problem with having to having to be able to carry concealed anywhere in the country you wanted to, and that's only because we do not have a federal law for that. I want a federal law for that, but until we do, I would not recommend carrying concealed outside of Kentucky without a permit. That'd just be stupid. It really was like that as well. Welcome back, Ed. Um, yeah. You know. We've got uh, Senate Bill 1, for example. Uh, this has to do with school safety. Um, it's passed the House and the Senate, and Governor Matt Bevin is awaiting his signature. Essentially what this does, it sets goals, a key word here, goals, for hiring more resource officers, counselors, and mental health workers at schools. Um, you know, mandates suicide prevention training for teachers and staff establishes the statewide position of school security marshal. Currently, it provides no money, uh, but it does it does provide the intent to provide the money next year. So it's basically trying to pass this thing, and then we'll have to fund I it next year because man. we really don't have time. I got it. So we really don't have the time to do that. Uh, you know, here's the thing for me. You know, we're spending so much time worrying about everybody's feelings and all the other crap that's going on. We're, we're creating these mental health situations in schools. In my opinion, we are. We're not holding anybody accountable to anything. Uh, if their feelings get hurt, they just have to cry. We're going to do something and, and waste a lot of resources instead of saying, hey, buckle up, buttercup. I mean, that's the truth of it. You know, life is not fair. You've got to learn that in school. The problem is we're going through school these days without having any accountability whatsoever. So now we're going to have mandate suicide prevention training for teachers and staff. Good idea? Well, yeah, probably. We want, to have, we want to be able to identify that stuff. But let's be real clear here. Let's be real clear here. Is that the best thing with resources, or should we use those resources to, to teach these kids how to deal with life, you know? Establishes the statewide position of school security marshal. Well, spare me that. That's basically nothing but saying, hey, we had a guy in school who's a school security marshal, so when a gunman walked into the school and started shooting, he hid under the bus, under the desk too, but he hid under the first desk so he could see what was going on. I mean, that's essentially what we've got. Um, 
I don't think that this is going to make one damn bit of difference whatsoever, this school safety bill. I think it's a red herring to pretend like we're doing something. The Republicans are the one who put this up, Senator Max Wise, uh, Republican out of Campbellsville. He's the one who put this up. It's, it's passed the House and the Senate, uh, you know, announced it on Governor Bevin's desk. I think it's just a waste. I think it's fluff with no substance. Um, you know, so I don't, I, don't, I don't get all of that. I really, really don't. Um, the Teachers Retirement School Board, weigh in any time, Ed. The Teachers Retirement School okay. Board, the system board, okay? House Bill 525. Uh, it's essentially revamping the Teachers Retirement Board. Uh, of course, the liberal press and everybody else is screaming that this is trying to reduce the influence of the teachers and the Kentucky Education Association. Uh, crock of shit, folks. Crock of shit. What it's doing is it's spreading it out a lot better than it ever was so that the teachers and the KEA don't control the retirement board. The teachers in the KEA have controlled the retirement board for decades. And that power, the power that the teachers in the KEA have and the unions and everything else, you know, allow these Democrats, because Republicans just recently got power, folks, they've allowed these Democrats to completely destroy the teachers' retirement system because they're voting and they're pushing stuff through just for their own benefit and nobody else's. And it's literally fucked everybody in this state. I've got no problem with redoing it. Part of part of the revamping and restructuring of this is to include someone that's a financial, you know, uh, a financial banker, somebody that actually knows money and knows how this stuff works and hasn't been required yet before. Uh, and I think Chris Toby, Chris Toby, who wrote Kentucky Fried Pinches and Kentucky Fried Pinches too, he's been an advocate for this forever for for accountability for the retirement system. You know, Chris Toby has been telling us about this for years. Nobody on these boards know anything about finances, and they don't. And all this was doing was yeah, making this a more they don't, they, they don't or they don't care. They don't or they don't care. Right. They're, they're more political. And this is the problem with the, the KEA or anybody else, and and not just them, but the so-called professionals that, that Bashir put on the board, and I'm sorry, the so-called professionals that Bevin put on the board are all political hacks. They're all dicking around with hedge funds because I guess somebody told them the hedge funds were the way to go, and they saw it in a movie or something. But, and the hedge funds have cost us insane amounts of money as far as managing fees. They, they've on a on a good year they've managed about twenty percent the returns of a simple index fund. And it's a joke. The pension is a joke, is a joke, is a joke. And the only thing we can do to fix the pension, and I'm just going to go on and say do a shameless plug right here, the only thing we can do to fix the pension is to elect Chris Toby, the state auditor. He's the only one that's got a big enough heart on for all these jackoffs that are mismanaging and pilfering the system. Everybody else, I'm sorry, Mark Hammond's good guy, but, you know, He's not going to war on this. He's done a good job with some stuff, but it's high time we hired a, we, we got us an auditor in the state, and he's a Democrat, yeah. But to get one who's just got a full-on heart on, ready to stuff it up anybody's ass, it's not doing it right. And to me, that's Chris Toby. I mean, it, it, he's got nothing nice to say about anybody in the, involved with the pension fund, which the minute you got nothing nice to say about the worst-run pension fund in the state in the country, I'm interested in what you have to say uh-huh. because you obviously get it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, and that's it. 
that's it. I mean, I, I'm actually in agreement with you on mm-hmm. that. I think Chris Toby would be great for the job. Chris Toby would, would do a real accounting of everything uh, by law, and he would do what's lawful in that regard, and he would put it out there like he's supposed to do, and he would do everything he, he's supposed to do to try to save it. I mean, this is the big thing for me. I don't understand um, how in the world – you know, the, these teachers, the KEA, and all these other idiots involved in this retirement plan, you know, have continued to support the Democrats throughout <laughs> history like this, knowing that, you know, I mean, I mean, they didn't care. They were being promised this stuff. They didn't care who it was coming out of. It's a typical union environment, you know. And I hate to say it, I hate to say it this way, but I, I, there goes my chances for ever being governor. <laughs> like, oh, boy, like there you go. Oh. Uh, the teachers want a bigger say in the pension. Let us not forget that these are the same people who protested the, uh, the, the, the pension reform bill. And then when the governor vetoed the pension reform bill, they protested to the governor and decided that they were going to, they were going to threaten the house or the Senate or whatever, the state legislature that they better override his they, – so they, they fought against it, and then when Bevin vetoed it, they fought for it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You guys don't even know what you want. <laughs> what do you mean you want a seat on the board? It's like, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. Like, they, they know what they be, want. If you're, if, if you're, no, they don't know what they want. They don't, they don't know what they want. <laughs> they, they want somebody to tell them fairy tale bedtime stories like Steve Bashir saying, well, we transferred, we transferred 10% of the fuel tax or whatever uh, a tenth, uh, you know, a couple percent, three cents a gallon of fuel tax will now go towards the pension. That should fix it. And of course, the media goes, "Well, hell, he said it's fixed. I guess it's fixed." No, guess what? It's still the worst in the country. <laughs> you know, like, right. yeah, I'm sorry, folks. The only guy who, like I say, the only guy who's been ringing that bell is is Chris right. Toby, and we need somebody. With a real serious attitude, who's willing to go in there and mix it up with everybody? And I'm, I'm telling you, if, if we don't, if we, he doesn't win the, the state right. voters, I don't think anybody. I think they're going to keep playing the games till the pension goes broke, and they're going to hopefully look for the feds to bail them out at whatever twenty cents on the dollar. Absolutely. And everybody loses. Everybody loses on that one. Well, they do. I mean, we already have precedent for most of this stuff. Jefferson County, Alabama. We we know yep. it is Birmingham. You know, all this gimmick financing, all this other crap they're doing with hedge funds and all the other interest rate swaps and all the other junk. Birmingham, Alabama went broke. They filed bankruptcy. We know of at least four or five different uh, municipalities and cities that have gone broke and had to file bankruptcy. And the first thing they do is screw the pensioners. They just take it away from them. And you're right. They, they end up getting a small percentage on the dollar. And, and it's their fault. You know, the teachers have had every opportunity to work on this for decades. But instead, they wanted to go with the with the pretty colors, you know, the puppy dogs and rainbows. Well, they're going to give us this for free. Who cares where it comes from? Let's kick that can. They're as guilty as anybody else, you know. Yeah. So these it's, are the things that are going on. It's it's somebody somebody 50 years ago called it an inviolable contract. So uh-huh. that means there's no way we can't get paid. It's like well, <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> no. I believe. Somebody, somebody, some 50, 60 years ago said that, that we will honor this come hell or high water. Well, guess what? They don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and they don't give a shit about the kids. They proved that last week. 
This it's not about the kids and education. It's about how much money can I get and how can I stick it to the taxpayers and make sure I'm taken care of. And they want to sit here and scream and holler. Well, we have to pay 13% of our paycheck into the pension funds. Really? That's what we call Social Security and Medicare in my neck of the woods. You know, we have to pay for, you know, we have, we have Social Security and Medicare automatically coming out of our paychecks. You know, and if we want any extra money, then we do the 401Ks. All, the, all they're trying to do is force them into the same system the rest of us are in, you know, to be fair to the state. That's all it is. So, you know, it, it's amazing to me. And they continue to, to, to do this whiny crap, and I honestly think it's backfiring on them. I think the people of Kentucky, the state of Kentucky, the majority of people are getting sick and tired of the whiny-ass, titty, baby teachers out there playing this socialist liberal bullshit game where they want it all their way or they're going to take the ball and go home. And when they decide to do this wildcat strike, otherwise known as a, you know, sick out last week, you know, and now they're thinking about doing it again this week as well um, over another bill, um, you know, so you're looking at this and you're thinking, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I mean, you know, a math teacher should at least understand basic math, you know, but of course they don't because they've been doing common course. So they can't even figure out where the money's at either. So all these things add up to me, and I think it's going to backfire on the teachers. I think it's going to backfire on the Democrats. I really, really do, but I am in agreement with you on Chris Toby. Uh, you know, even today we had school superintendents today spoke out against what they're claiming to be a controversial bill that's going to cause damage to the public education system, right? So they're, they're talking about this bill like it's some kind of a major deal. Um, you know, the problem is the bill they're trying to fight here um, has to do with tax breaks. House Bill 205 uh, is going to offer Kentuckians tax breaks in exchange for donations to private school scholarship programs. Well, here's the thing. For those of you who don't know and who's lived under a rock their whole lives, Catholic schools have been considered private schools forever, okay? Up until, what, five years ago, I think, something like that. It ain't been that long. Catholic schools, you gave them, they, they gave you a tuition. You had to give that money to the church, you know, and they called it a tithe, right? They called it a donation. So all of your, all, all of your daggone money that was going to private school, the Catholic school, was a tax write-off, every dime of it. No. Nope. Well, the public the public schools got pissed. It was. I used to pay it. Well, the pub, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. I so, wouldn't admit to that because it actually it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it, it did work that way. That was a. Hey, it did well, work that way. You know, you and like I said, lower, I can I can tell you from recent, you get a slightly lower price if you're a Catholic, if you're a good if you're a good Catholic. You know, and you're and you're active in your church. You get a, a a slight discount. It really isn't much. I'm not talking about <clears> the discount. Is, I, I get all the that. The problem is you can't you can't do a deduction. You cannot do a deduction. Believe me, I know this. Not that can't I can't now. No, no, no. You, you cannot can. now. You're absolutely right. You used you know, to. I didn't say you could today. No, technically, going back 20 years, I don't know when it used to be the way, but at least 20 years ago, if you received goods and services in kind. You could not take your deductions off. So, so well, no. they always allowed it. They always allowed it. All you had to do was call it a tie. I mean, the, the church even gave you a thing every year for your donation, and it was always that way. And, you know, we, we did it for years. Everybody I know yeah. in the city of Louisville did it until they stopped it a few years ago. But the problem yeah. for me is well, 
So worried about this donation. I'm going to say when it stopped. I'm going to say when it stopped. It was probably at least 20 years ago. Well, oh no, no, well, when I had kids. Because if you were doing it, hey, you know what? Like I said, it's been quite a while. I mean, I don't know for sure when it was. I, I didn't. I haven't paid it for the last 20 years. My kid, my kids haven't been in Catholic school for 20 years. You know, they're old now. So uh, it may it may have been that long ago. It may, it may have been that way back then. But, but they, 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 it has since changed because I remember okay. a church, Fair enough. a local church. A, a, I remember it was a uh, it was a, it was a bit of a blow up. A certain church, I won't name it, was uh, was was playing that game and. They had people tithing, you know, supposedly tithing. Well, you know, they did their normal tithe, but there was a there was an additional tithe that was in there. You know, right. it, was, it was flirting with six, seven thousand dollars, which is real close to right. what tuition ran. And where did that get out? So people got burned. <laughs> well, it might it might have changed. Like I said, I don't know how long ago it's been. I know it's been at okay, least five I think, years. I think I'll do one more on this car. One more on this car. Speaking of my daughters, I'll be back. Go, 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 go. You know, but but the thing is, that was the way it always was with Catholic school. It hasn't been that way in recent years that I know of, all right? So this isn't anything new. But the fact that they think that this is going to hurt the public schools in any way, shape, or form, and there's a little bit more to this. They're talking about scholarship programs and things like that as well. So, you know, you can give, uh, you know, let's say I gave $100,000 to the Catholic Church for scholarship programs. That's a tax write-off. Maybe that might be too much. I don't know. But I, but I don't see any problem with giving people a, a tax break in exchange uh, for them sending their kids to private school. I really, really don't. Because when I was getting a tax break for sending my kids to private schools, I was still paying my property taxes for public schools. And they weren't getting any benefit out of it. So, you know, again, where's the problem here? I don't have a problem with that. You know, but everybody is so hell-bent and determined and freaking out because everybody is wanting to now pull their kids from public schools because the public schools are that bad. They are that bad. Um, you know, superintendents were trying to point out these different cuts, these major cuts to public schools and all the other stuff. You know what? These aren't cuts to you. It's not costing you nothing that you don't already have. Right? I mean, like I said, I was still paying my property taxes that were funding Jefferson County Public Schools, you know, and I was paying my tuition for my kids to go to private school. How did that take yep. money away from yep. the public schools? Right? These are the things. These damn, are things. And this is stuff that I've always, I've always told Absolutely. people, I've been real upfront about it, saying, hey, look, I'm, my kids go to Catholic schools. And people are like, ooh, it's like, no, no, dumbass. This is where you thank me. Because right. I pay my property taxes and I mm -hmm. don't get anything in return, which leaves more resources available for your Absolutely. child. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. You know, but you know child, what? My, child, my daughter, my daughters did well in school. So hey, other other heavy dose of reality. If but see, here's I wanted what to the get other... my daughters in any school they wanted to get into, they got into it because my daughters had AC, ACT scores when they were age 12 that were better than the high school kids. So if my that. daughter wanted to go wherever they wanted to go, they would have got I in believe that. and my kid would have got bumped. So you know what? I did everybody a favor. I put them in a private school. I paid it. I paid my taxes. You know what? I, I left a slot open, two slots open for other kids, and I paid the full measure of my taxes as if my children would have been in school. So you're welcome, you know. Take your well, see, and that's the yeah, thing. That's, yeah. 
Let's see, and, and here's where the misinformation comes from. Chris Colby, for example, not Toby, Colby, K-O-L-B. Uh, you know, he's a JCPS board member. Sends out a tweet over the weekend, you know, all 867 locally elected school board members and 173 superintendents in Kentucky should come together on Monday or Tuesday to shut the Capitol down. A House Bill 205 is straight up stealing from kids, and it's unconstitutional. Folks, that is called bullshit, lies, and propaganda. Yep. I guess I guess this guy's a member of the Communist Party because it doesn't work that way. Now, if they're worried about money going to these schools and losing money, here's what they're worried about. See, each school gets paid by the number of students in attendance. They don't get paid a lump sum of money no matter how many kids go there. You get paid per student, per day, and all this other crap. It's basically a per diem, if you will. All right? That's how they get paid. What they're scared of is... If they open this stuff back up where Catholic school kids and private schools can write this money off, even though they're still paying the same amount of taxes into the school system, more kids are going to leave for the private sector because it's a tax write-off for that extra money. So they're still getting the same money in the school system, but it might affect number of students. Well, but it doesn't affect. <clears throat> how much money Jefferson County schools get because, as you said, they're based on property taxes. The per diem per student with fewer students and the same gross amount of cash would simply mean mm-hmm. you would think that, that the per diem would be higher per student at that point. You know, that's all they got to so. do is raise the per diem because it's like we've got fewer students, we got the same big old wad of property tax cash, so now we can spend more per student. The reason they don't want it to happen is because the last thing in the world they want is for some parent who gives a damn. And I, let's be honest about it. Probably a damn good basketball, football, or baseball player and a smart kid. And the parents right. can't seem to get them out of a rut at uh, whatever, Shawnee or somewhere. And right. and all of a sudden, I, some you know, there's this, there's this enormous endowment now because it's tax deductible and people can do it, that they could call up Trinity. They could call up mm-hmm. St. X. They could call up the sales and say, hey, you know, hey, look, we live off, off 3rd Street, whatever, whatever, whatever. Any chance our kid could get into the sales? And the people at the sales say, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, we've got a really nice endowment to help some people out. Come on in and talk. The last thing Jefferson County Schools want, and I think Polio's doing a fantastic job. I'll just throw that in there. The last thing they want is for the kids who, for, for whom it represents the impossible dream, where it represents a a a, a sacrifice. You know, it, it's 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 out of reach. It's it's the ones that you would think would be trapped in the public school system. They don't want to give them a way out because that's the worst thing. That is such bad PR for that. You know, you got an overachieving kid. He's like, you know what? I'm maxed out. I'm maxed out at Moore High School academically. I really want to yep. see if I could go to Trinity. There's no way in hell I could afford it. You know, and all of a sudden, whoosh, you know, there's some top students who really want to take a crack at it. Some top, maybe some top athletes, you know, too. But that's just that's what they don't want. They don't want kids uh, west of ninth thinking that there's a real good chance they might get into Trinity X, the sales, 
or or a Christian Academy or any of the any of the you know the, I guess you could call them the super premium schools because in the public system you either get into Ballard, man, you get into Manual first, Ballard, maybe Eastern. Right. That's about it, really. It's a pecking order. You, you've truthfully, you've got a, they've got the, the possibly gifted kids who are economically disadvantaged have more choices of top performing schools in the private sector than they do the public sector, and that's what they don't want to have to face. Oh, absolutely. If, Could if you imagine public, what if happens? The public, if, the public, if the public school system had 15 schools the caliber of manual academically, this would be a non-starter. The, the, at that point, the private schools would be suffering because people like, I would have said it, if they had 15, caliber, 15 schools the caliber of manual high school in Jefferson County, as much as you're sending your daughters to Mercy, I'm like, <laughs> why uh-huh. would I do that? <laughs> so you bring no, up another point, too, though. Yeah. But, but you just bring up another point, too, because, see, that's part of the problem as well. It's all this discretionary crap that's just the issue for me and always has been. You know, I mentioned a minute ago that essentially the schools are funded on a per diem basis, right? Uh, that yeah. you're, you're funded by so how many kids go to your school and everything else. But that's not exactly 100% of the truth. You look at Manuel, you look at Mazique, you look at these traditional schools, all these other places, they actually get extra resources. Uh, they actually get extra money to, to push this kind of curriculum. So, you know, that's always a big issue as well. So, so then you get into the discretionary spending part of it. I'm going to bring Paul in real quick, but I want to go in another direction with this as well. Paul, go ahead. Good day, people. You guys keep arguing about whether or not this is a financial matter. Well, I think it is not just a financial matter. I think the financial matter, uh, Springsteen, you mentioned it as a possible red herring. I think you're right on that. Mm-hmm. This is all about who controls the public education effort. The, the public education unions and the school superintendents, they do not want to have to raise their performances. That's what this exactly. is all about. The teachers' unions don't want to have, have to improve the quality of the work that they do and the results uh, with the students. I tell you what, I have never seen a group of people fight so hard about improving Kentucky's educational system as I have from the group of people who claim 10 times an hour that they're more concerned about their students than anything else. Good God, <laughs> these are hypocrites. They are hypocrites. You know, you know and the thing is, the thing is, 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 is that's what I was saying, Paul, is basically – if it's a $25 million, what you could be talking about here could very well be, uh, you know, as far as it, it would go for assistance and it's tax deductible, all of a sudden you got $25 million, which is a drop in the bucket on Jefferson County alone. Right. Now right. all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it, it could be, it could be the, the top, you know, they could, it could free up 5,000, Possibly, you know, depending on how much each endowment would, it could, it could free up, and this public school system could lose five thousand of its top performers, academically, well, athletically, whatever. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they can make it into, you know, they have hope of getting into the, get, you know, and their parents have hope of controlling their outcome too, because that's the problem. And I'll tell you this: as a parent who no longer has high school age kids, that was the biggest problem with me is that. 
if as I was and I was talking to Jefferson County Schools, mm-hmm. there was not the control there that I wanted as a parent. It's like what schools can my daughters get into? Well, this, this, maybe this, and maybe this. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like the word maybe when it's coming to my kid. You know, you're asking me right. to sign up for these schools, pick your first, second, third school, and then you'll pick them for me. No. Right. No. You're taking the control right. away from the parent. doesn't work that way. If I pick a Catholic school, they go to that Catholic school. And that's, and and that's you know, the and thing. And that's, and that's what they, this is about choice for people who can't currently afford it. And really, you know, people like Phil Moffat would tell you this. People are going to roll their eyes and go, oh, no, this is just about rich people trying to build a, a national champion football. No. No, it really is. There are guys like Phil Moffat that have been doing this for years. You know, funding it, you know, doing some funding to help kids get into schools and, and, and get them into a different social environment and everything else. And it, right. it, they work wonders. And, you know, this is about this is about control. This is about if you, like I said, you got a kid maxed out. You got a couple kids maxed out at Shawnee. And they think they could reach their potential. Their parents think they could reach their potential at Trinity. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not want that. I think do not want that option open. Well, let's look at it this way. They want to control the parents. Let's look at it this way. This is basketball season, right? So let's look at yep. it this way. You look at manual. Use manual as an example. Okay. You take the best and the brightest, the high achievers, you put them in one school at Manual. All right. They're getting, Manual is, is getting a 3.5, 4.0 GPA as a school, right? But you have a school next to them that's doing 2.0 in the system. It rises everybody's school. It's the same thing as a basketball court. And here's where I'm going with it. People are thinking, how the fuck do you relate that? It's simple. The five guys on the basketball court who are starting every game typically ain't the smartest guys in school. They're the Adidas camp number one prospects and things like that. The smartest guys in school that are on the sports teams are sitting on the bench with their warm-up jerseys on. They don't play unless it's a blowout. All right, These guys are getting the 4.0s. The guys that are starting the game are getting the 2.0s. So you're coming out with an average of a 2.5 or a 3.0 because you have to recruit the smart guys because not everybody on your team is going to make the grade. You got to improve it, and that's exactly what we're doing in the school system. When we start funneling people to Manual, Mazik, other other of these target schools that we go to, we're putting the best and the brightest together in one room, so we don't bring one school down to an average, but we bring one one high class school brings everybody up, so called, in an average. You know, we're looking at Philadelphia right now, up in Pennsylvania. They are now getting ready to pass a new grade chart where 39% is an F, but a 40% on it is passing. So you can now do less than a half an average and be considered passing a class. Are you helping those kids or are you doing them a disservice? That's the stuff that we're doing with these public schools. These teachers that are sitting out there screaming, and Paul, you bring up a good point, they're screaming 10 times an hour about how much they, they love the kids and everything else. You know, but at the same time, they're screaming 10, 10, 10 times an hour how much they love the kids. They're also bitching, saying that they can't teach their classroom because of all the stuff that the state requirements have on them that they have to teach to a test, and they have to do certain things in the classroom so if their kids pass this test, otherwise it affects their daggone evaluations. Well, why aren't they bitching at the state about that? Why aren't they going after the Kentucky Education Department? Why aren't they going after all of this stuff? 
and bitching at them about the unfair demands on them as a teacher in a classroom. Why aren't the teachers allowed a little bit of free reign? Why do they have to teach a kid in a health class in third grade what a dildo is and teach them that it's okay to take a piss if you're a man and you wear a dress? They have to teach that, but they don't have to teach them reading, writing, and, and basic stuff. You know, all of these different things add up. So, so the hypocrisy of idiots, the hypocrisy of most of these idiots, drive me completely nuts. And I'm not, and I have to say this, folks. You know, I don't hate teachers. There are a hell of a lot of good teachers out there. They are as frustrated as we are. Trust me. But you see these ones parading around on display in Frankfurt and everything else. Those are the ones who don't give a shit. Those are the ones who don't give a shit. Otherwise, they would be going after the state to back off of all these damn requirements, be going after the feds to back off of these damn requirements that are destroying their classroom. All right? They're not even allowed to do anything. A kid, a kid gets in a fight with a bus driver. A kid gets in a fight with a school teacher. Beats the shit out because they're not allowed to hit back or restrain them. You know, if you're on a bus and you're going down the road and this kid hits a bus driver in the back of the head, which he can do, he gets suspended for three days. What about the 60 other kids on that bus who might be killed from an accident? It's the same thing in a classroom. A kid gets pissed off and comes in there with a bat or anything else trying to beat the shit out of the teacher, starts destroying property and beating other people. This is what we've created. This is what we've created. And they're going to bitch because we want a better option for our kids for their education. If yeah. you're a parent in Jefferson County and you don't want to leave Jefferson County public schools, in my opinion, you're an idiot. You're an idiot because you are willing to let your kids be substandard instead of challenge them to be the best they can be. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm going to say some kids do, a lot of kids do really well in Jefferson County school. But what they're doing is they're just, they're limiting, and it's the way this is set up. They're limiting, they're, they're desperately fighting to limit the choices of disadvantaged students. You know, because this is who it affects. That kid living in Lake Forest or, or Audubon Park, he's, and you know, their parents aren't going to have any trouble paying for them to go to school, and they're probably not going to be eligible for 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 assistance. This is for the people who, who need the opportunity because you're going to hear, oh, white privilege and all the other things that, that kick in when it suits the argument will, will apply, you know. The, 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 the middle class privilege, the you know, white privilege, the, the, the rich have things we don't have. And then when you try to set a little something up to share a little bit of that, you know, open the opportunities for somebody other than the groups that you like to blast away at all the time, uh, then they fight that. <laughs> it, right, it, that right. Means it's just, if we could just get all the politics out of it and said, look, what we're talking about doing is incentivizing Rich people, which is what it's going to be, we're incentivizing rich people to donate into endowments at private schools that give not rich people the opportunity to attend those schools. Actually, for for much, much, much less out of pocket than we're charging the rich people. So this right. should work, you know. Right. <laughs> rich pay their fair share. The rich are paying their fair share to go to these schools. You know, it's like. It's like, okay, so now we're trying to share the wealth, you know, the, the common good, all the buzzwords that the, the liberal and the left, and the, you, would, you, they, you would think the unions, the unions talk that a lot too, you know, they want they want their fair share right. of the profit. All Absolutely. these buzzwords come into play until it threatens their power. Then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 we can't have this. We can't have this. It's just right. like, look, Jefferson County, 
let's face a fact. Jefferson County is going to raise our property taxes again next year. They just do it. They do it every year. Sometimes they max it out. They're going to raise it, and the amount of money that they have available to do all the things they want to do is going to continually go up, even if they lose a couple hundred students to private schools through this endowment program. They're still going to have totally agree. more money and they're going to have more money and fewer students. I don't know how that's not a win for them, but they it, it's it's the only thing it's not a win for is the power. They they want the power. I totally agree. Control, I totally agree. They want the control. Yeah. And, and speaking of power, I'm going to switch gears to a different story and uh, I apologize. We're getting to it a lot later in the show than I thought we would. We're not going to be able to spend much time on it, just a couple of minutes. We're only going to be able to spend a couple of minutes on it uh, because it's late in the show. Um, but Kentucky House Bill 387, uh, this is a so-called open records access bill. Um, this is something, well, I'm telling you, this is something that really, really, to me, is disturbing for a lot of reasons. But House Bill 387 is essentially... Um, a bill that is supposed to limit citizens' access to any records related to businesses seeking financial incentives. Uh, so here's the thing. If, if I'm a business and, and everything else, and, or I'm a citizen, and, and, and let, let's say that, uh, you know, uh, Governor Bevin wants to bring in wants to bring in a new Ford plant, right? What kind of incentives are we giving Ford uh, to, bring them, to bring another plant here, right? This proposal is supposed to limit my access to public records so I can find out when incentives were there. In other words, they're going to go ahead and start hiding. I mean, in Louisville, we know the Omni got an $89 million loan that we took out. We know about all the money that we've been pushing out there. It hasn't been easy to get, by the way, but we've gotten that information. So we know why we don't need a tax raise in Louisville, although they're going to do it anyway. But this is for statewide. They want to keep us from getting business to know exactly what the government is spending their money on when it comes to new business. Um, you know, and this thing has gone even further than that. Uh, they're trying to stop anyone outside of Kentucky uh, to access public records at all. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I was really surprised by this one. Uh, there are some states, Tennessee and Arkansas, uh, who do limit access to open records to, to only the people who reside within their states. So if I was living in New Albany, for example, as a reporter, and I'm writing a story, you know, New Albany would consider would, would be part of Louisville, right? I mean, we report on that all the time. You know, I would not be allowed open records requests. Now, I've got to tell you this right now. To me, this is junk, Bill. If they pass it, I'll be surprised, but they are giving it serious consideration. Um, but I don't like anything that limits transparency. For me personally, you know, I have certain people who will send out open records requests for me. And that's exactly what this is going to do. What it's basically going to do is if I have a buddy in New Albany that needs something, he's mm-hmm. going to call me in Louisville to, to go ahead and fill out the open records request and get him the information. That's just another step in a lot of cases, but it's not going to help me when it goes going after the businesses because they're trying to shut that down altogether. I have been locked out of open records requests so many times I can't even see straight. Uh, once I started doing open records requests and once I started outing the information, then all of a sudden the doors were closed. It'll take me six months, nine months, or I'm going to have to go to court and spend money for a lawyer to get what I want, even though it's legal what I'm requesting. So I often use other people 
to do open record requests for me when I do them these days because as soon as they see my name on a request, it just gets buried or doesn't get done. Yep. So in order to yep. expedite the process, I use other people. But I have a problem with this, uh, a big problem with this, because even if you want to limit it to the people inside the borders of Kentucky, I don't think in any way, shape, or form you should be allowed to limit the kind of information we're entitled to get. You know, and I wonder if this is in contrast, if federal law could over, oh, supersede or do anything with this. However, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled in the past that these residency requirements are permissible. So I don't even know. Now, I know that was under a liberal court. I don't know uh, if that would change or not under the, the current makeup. But this is a bill that we're going to have to have, have to pay attention to very, very carefully. Uh, I would have a real hard time with this. And, oh, by the way, they're also uh, part of this is that the LRC, the Legislative Research Commission, uh, would be the sole decider of whether any records could be released or not, regardless of whether you're a citizen or not. And you won't have the ability to appeal their decision. Their just word is final, which I think is bullshit. It takes it completely out of courts. Um, anyway, thoughts on that? And then we're, we'll have to start wrapping. Go ahead. Well, I think the initial thing is I don't think this would hold up under under legal scrutiny. You know, I'm sure they can put some restrictions on it. Like I said, sometimes a residency thing, but that can be gotten around pretty easy. This is this is a kind of something that I had read about long ago, but it's similar. It's similar. It's called. It's a technique called starving. I don't think they really think they can keep all this stuff hidden from everybody. But what they do is they throw up enough barriers. They throw up enough barriers. I mean, you see it all the time. You know, open records requests in a, in a, in a newspaper or, or more, more you know, not so much newspapers nowadays, but TV station or radio stations that we, we filed open records requests, you know, nine months ago, and we had our attorney go get it, you know. So here's what we found. It's, it's a technique called starving. Can Ed Springston, if they throw up a couple more roadblocks, if they throw up a couple more things that you have to argue, you know, you have to argue for the right to argue for the for the right to argue for your open request. They throw that in front of you, so then they're just driving the cost up. I don't think they really think they can they can lock you out of stuff. I, I just don't think they're going to get to that point where that's going to be done. But what they're doing is, and it's a slimy, slimy move, is that they're throwing. They're throwing a few more hoops to jump through that the average and even the above average citizen is not going to be able to pull off. It, it, they're going to have to retain lawyers and they're going to have to drive the cost up and stuff. So if somebody wants to get an open records, is like, who in the hell is knocking that building down across the street and putting that god awful looking ugly thing up? You want to get open records request. You want to find out who it is. You want to find out if they're incentivized. It's going to cost you a lot of money just to get the process started because it's not so simple as, as doing an open records request. Just, you know, you can go down and fill out your paperwork. That's what it is. It's, it's just an obstructionist piece of garbage bill for a bunch of people that we pay their salaries and our money is, is paying the incentives or whatever it is. It, it, you know, it's, it's what the open record questions are about. And they're just, they're just creating roadblocks for us to gather information as as we would like to. So, you know, it's like you want to find out something, I hope you're committed to it because you'll probably cost you ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in attorney's fees. You're going to have to argue for the right to argue for the right to argue to the right to look at something. Like that just 
pure bullshit. What I, I totally out? agree. And, and that's that's I totally agree. And maybe they have some other reason that they've talked themselves into, but the public is looking at it going, what are you trying to hide? Yep, Period. and that's it, and, and, and that's exactly it, because we know they're trying to hide something. Like I said, I mean, I sound like a cheap Geico, a Geico commercial, right? I've saved a bunch <laughs> of money on my open record request by using other people. Um, you know, I, it's just the way it is, and that's, and that's the way I've had to do it, to get <laughs> any information I want. And, you know, so it is disturbing that, that now they're trying to make it even harder. Um, you know, and you look at the Courier-Journal, even the Courier-Journal on occasion has to sue to get records. And, you yeah. know, these, these guys are notorious for suing everybody and anybody for anything they think they want, you know, and even they have to do that on occasion. So these are things that are disturbing to me. Um, we are at the top of the hour, a couple minutes past, actually. Ed, final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. You know, as I was just going to say, after all we've touched on, everything tonight, I think there's a one common underlying denominator here, which that's a redundant statement itself, underlying denominator. The uh, in fact, government works for us, and when they try to pull off bullshit, it's like having it's like having your employee lie to you, to your face, tell you to go to hell. That's just, and that's what I'm going to tell people. Whether it's whether it's the public school system saying something, do your you know, or it's or it's, a, it's some goofy ass bill that's trying to create more obstructions for you getting information to what they're doing with your money, you know, in your state. And it, it, we we need to remember that. We need to remind them of that. Just like Mayor Fisher with these tax, you know, he gives away a lot of money to hotels, and then he turns around and, and says, oh, we need to raise your insurance taxes 300%. But wait a minute. You will hear what we have to say because you do work for us. And I think it's the same with, with this, this ridiculous bill. If people, if more people woke up and said, look, what the, you know, what they're counting on is not many people actually do an open records request. So they're, they're counting on a lot of people not caring. So they're basically putting screws to you. And I think at every opportunity, every opportunity, whether it's the school board, whether it's the state government, whether it's city government, we need to start rising up and politely and intelligently and diplomatically Remind them that they work for us because they seem to forget that a lot. Well, they most certainly do. I, you know, I don't even think that. I, I think as soon as they get elected, that's when the brain cells start falling up. I don't know if they get designer drugs as part of their inauguration, but something don't <laughs> add up. I, um, it's, yeah, it's the truth. Something don't add up here. It really, really doesn't. The bottom line is the bottom line is we continue going down the road of absurdity and stupidity. Um, you know, we want to continue sitting here as teachers fighting for something that just cannot cannot last any longer. Um, you know, and we want to sit here and whine, moan, groan, bitch, and complain when we don't get our way. But miraculously, we're using the argument that it's all about the kids, which is always a liberal mantra. You know, um, it's like Pelosi and all those other ones at the federal level, you know. We've got to protect these kids at the border, yet they have no problem with aborting a baby with two seconds after it's born. Um, that's not an abortion. That's a murder. Um, you know, all these different things are going on, and really, quite frankly, we've lost our moral compass. We have no ethics, values, integrity, or morals. Uh, it just continues to get worse and worse. 
every single day, and it's a leadership that that it is failing us in that regard. Uh, you got the mainstream media who's nothing but a mouthpiece for the immoral crowd, and you know we're going to continue having problems dealing with all of these issues, uh, retirements, guns, everything else. I mean, now you know President Trump has basically at this point been absolved of anything having to do with Russia whatsoever. You know, so now they're going to go after his tax returns again. Anything to keep this shit in the limelight. It's like Andy Bashir suing Governor Matt Bevin over anything and everything he can just to keep it in the limelight because he doesn't like his politics. The reality is, what difference does it possibly make? I'm more concerned about a guy who went to Congress broke and became a millionaire than I am a billionaire who went who became the president and, and, and things like that. I'm more worried about the other guy's tax returns. We're not entitled to that anyway. You know, I'm more concerned with the murder uh, of actual born babies than, than I am illegals whose parents illegally tried to cross into our country, send them all back home. Sorry, this is not a, this is not the way to do it. You know, all these different things add up. And then we got these teachers out there screaming, I want my money, I want my money. But I only want my money because of the kids. If you gave one shit about the kids, you wouldn't pull this wildcat strike, otherwise known as a sick out. And quite frankly... Quite frankly, I don't know why in the hell, if you want to talk about balls, why in the hell has Governor Bevin not stepped in and said, okay, we are taking over the school system. All these counties that had to close because of this sick out should be fully state controlled at this point. Every one of those people who participated in this in this group's sick out, and we can prove they weren't really sick because they all showed up at the daggone protest after saying they were going to call in sick and go there. So sick days are meant for sick days. They're not meant for protests and political bullshit. So why haven't all of these people been charged and fired? You know, Ronald Reagan fired the air traffic controllers for going on a wildcat strike. You know, and got away with it. The Fed said that was legal. He was okay with that. Why haven't we used that option with some of these teachers' unions, especially right here in Jefferson County? When we have the balls to stand up and hold them accountable for their illegal behavior, which to me this is illegal behavior. I don't care if anybody agrees with it or not. Then we'll start seeing the changes that we need to move this state forward and maybe perhaps put us in a better situation with our children and giving them the proper education they deserve. When we start holding these bratty kids accountable because their parents are scumbags or let their kids do anything they want to do, uh, then maybe we'll start getting control of the safety aspects in these schools and on the buses and all the other things. There's so many things we could go and so many directions we could take. It justifies logic, and I apologize. Uh, maybe maybe we just need to do a whole week of shows one week just to really get into it. But, um, you know, we have to start taking accountability and start really looking at the big picture now. We, we should have been doing it a long time ago, but, but now is the time, I think. And if we're willing to go down that road and make the hard choices and hold people accountable, we've got a shot. If we're not willing to go down that road and make the hard choices and hold people accountable, we're done. It's just going to get worse and worse. That's it for tonight, folks. We certainly appreciate you being here, Mr. Martin, as always. We'll see you next yes, week. Sir. All right, week. we appreciate it. You too, sir. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate every one of you. Take care. Have a great week. God bless. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you.
Cool. Cool. 